0: Do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. And subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start that's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip this podcast is brought to you by ultra rapid acting inhaled insulin if there's one thing that's constant about type 1 diabetes it's that it's unpredictable sometimes diabetes makes no sense You do the same thing every single day and get different results every single day. And if you're looking for perfection, type one diabetes is the wrong place to look. Perfection with type one diabetes is not possible. But when you're an engineer, that's hard to wrap your head around and hard to accept. You want predictability. You want stability. You wanna know that when you do X, why it's gonna happen. And with Type 1 diabetes, that is a tall order. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the diabetes psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you to build your Type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and In this episode of the podcast, I coach Josh. Josh is an engineer, and he likes predictability. But he also knows that type 1 diabetes is not predictable. And this is causing him stress. In this episode, we focus on diabetes education, and also on Josh's mindset, so the whole and his sails of the sailboat. And we help Josh to see that it's okay if things aren't perfect all the time. That's just the way the diabetes is. It doesn't mean he's doing anything wrong. If you're having trouble with the unpredictability of type one diabetes, this episode will help you a lot. Josh, thanks for joining me today. I'm really excited about our conversation. Yes, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate that. I'm looking forward to it. You're very welcome. So, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and your life with type one diabetes? Where, how, how long have you had diabetes? So, What's going on for you right now?
1: Yeah, so uh, kind of dating it all the way back to my grandma. My grandma and grandpa both had diabetes, and my dad had diabetes. He is no longer a diabetic, actually. Um, he was going through uh, dialysis at the time uh, with some kidney failure, so he actually got a transplant of a uh, pancreas and a kidney. So, you know thank god that he's no longer diabetic and uh, experiencing that uh so going down the line i am myself a diabetic my sister is a diabetic and my lucky brother is
0: not a diabetic so lucky him <laughs> so it's a family affair um, for you guys for and uh, truly a family affair
1: yeah it really is and and then it was it's funny it was a lot easier for me to just accept it not knowing if i was going to have it or not because my sister had it before i did so when she was afraid of, you know, taking her her blood sugar readings, it's like I might have to do that eventually, you know. So okay, I guess we're gonna have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the easiest way to remember uh how long I've been diabetic is I was diagnosed in 2000, so I've been diabetic for 23 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, e- easy math. Exactly. I was like, that's was, always nice
1: and easy. I,
0: I, yeah. I was diagnosed in 99, so I I I have I guess I can use this the same method. I can just take whatever year it is and add one. So There you go. <laughs> we 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 have, we're about the, our our diabetes is about the same age. Awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. So I know that you're a engineer by training. And I know that that, you know, I, I'm assuming because my wife is an engineer and you know I have lots of family members who are engineers that you like to have good input and you expected output because you you know it's it's all a math equation and mm-hmm. I, I know that, that that that's a challenge for you so tell us a little bit about that challenge and you know maybe give some examples about how it's impacted your life recently
1: yeah so being an engineer my mind has kind of transitioned to more black and white um you know uh, examples where if i do something i'm kind of expected this result in in my work And so being a diabetic, I like, you know, naturally as an engineer, I don't mind math equations and stuff like that. But When it comes to counting carbs and the amount of exercise I have, you know, I'm I'm able to put it into my phone and, um, track how many calories and carbs and all these things I'm having. Um, so, and I have obviously a carb ratio, uh, for the carb count that I have. So if that happens and I have 30 carbs, I'm taking the amount of insulin for that and it should result in a. Level blood sugar, and you know, occasionally that's not always the case, and it's very challenging to figure out what what variable I'm missing in the equation to figure that out. Um, a simple example I can give you is, I yeah, being a type one diabetic, I have to confess I do love donuts. <laughs> so Who doesn't Who doesn't
0: love when donuts? When it comes
1: to donuts, uh, you know, there's a sugar count, and there's there's saturated fat in there, which can affect your your blood sugar readings, cause some insulin resistance at times. I, I, I tested my my body recently uh, when someone brought it for their birthday. So I had a donut um, and, I, and I carb ratioed correctly for it. Uh, my blood sugar stayed level. So after everyone had had a donut, well, why not try another one? <laughs> so I had another one. And the carb ratio was phenomenal there too. It actually started going lower. So I was very perplexed by that because naturally I should have, you know, naturally black and white, you know, I should have um, insulin resistance and the sugar content should start spiking my blood sugar. And I don't know why that didn't happen. So, I mean, that was a good example. Um, Mm -hmm. Recently, though, when other time uh, I had pizza another time and that caused complete insulin resistance for the next couple hours. And it was, in my mind, unfair because I had different types of unhealthy carbs another time and it worked out great. And then this time it did not. Yeah. So there's definitely, like I said, a variable that I'm missing in here that I need to kind of understand. And I don't naturally do that all the time. I, I definitely do watch the food I have because I'm trying to get accurate and and uh, good levels, you know, throughout the day. Um, so those things are kind of challenging at times to understand why it worked one time and why it didn't work the other time.
0: Yeah, and it, it, you, you, I, I heard a couple words that you used there in, the, in that. Um that great description one is it should work so this expectation of if I do x then y should happen um and the other one mm-hmm. the, the the other word that you use was it's not fair it kind of this, this idea this idea of fairness is like that the, the, the things should happen in the pattern and if they don't happen in the pattern uh if they don't kind of line up in a row, then it all fall apart all falls apart and you wonder you know what did I do wrong and why why is this happening to me?
1: yeah the consistency is broken and then you're wondering what happened what what did i introduce that changed the changed the result this time
0: yeah well and, and it's interesting because in you're using in, in this conversation you're saying what did i do wrong as opposed to what what mm-hmm. hap- what, what what happened in the world it's like you you, you know you you wonder where you want to blame something you feel like you, you know if, if something went wrong i have to blame something so myself is the is, is the most obviously yes is, is i would
1: the, yep <laughs> It's it's, it's actually the most obvious thing, right? I, I'm you know it's my body, you know, so it's like I'm eating the food, I'm responsible to take care of my body, you know, and, and dose for the carbs I'm having. So yes, and naturally that's
0: what I would do. Yeah. How does this affect your life on a daily basis? Or maybe not a daily basis, if it's not happening all the time, but when, when you do have these unpredictable blood sugars where something should have happened, but it didn't happen. What happens in your life? What happens in your in your in your mind and your emotions, and also in your behavior? Um. Well, I, naturally, I do get frustrated. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. I recently learned. You know, I've been I've been married for, um, let's see, seven years, and um, I had no idea originally that high blood sugars caused a irrational rational uh, behavior during the time. I had no idea those things were. Com- com- uh, um, correlated to each other. I had no idea whatsoever. I just thought, well, just having a bad day. Something frustrated me. Um, but then I think my wife ended up sharing with me something that she read, and she's like, "Hey, oh no, no, sorry, it was my the president of my company. Um, his daughter was diabetic, and they shared, you know, yeah, whenever she has a high blood sugar, leave her alone. She just gets completely irrational. And then I was like, that's interesting because I'm diabetic. I don't think I've ever had that that problem. And then lo and behold, I hit 300 and I'm very frustrated, angry, and you can't talk to me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I did not realize that um, those two things are are mixed together and and they happen at the same time. So, you know, that's, that's affected me at times where I've been mean to my family or just mad or just angry, you know? Um, Other than that, though, my outlook on life is very positive. I do feel like um, with my lifestyle that I'm able to live a pretty natural and normal life as best I can. Um, I've never let it, um, uh, bring me down or, or affect me. Um, I've just kind of accepted it. Like I said, and when my sister had it, I'm probably going to get it. So I just kind of accepted it at an early age and, and live with it. And it's not, you know, I am 30 now. It's, it hasn't been as, uh, bad yet, if you will, <laughs> Yeah. Everything's been pretty healthy, and the technology that exists right now with with helping type one diabetics is phenomenal. So, um, I don't like to let those things kind of control me, if you will, even though they do or bring me down. So,
0: wait. Well, so I want to go. I want to go back to what you just said a minute ago. You don't like to let them control you, even though they do. So that it, it does have some sort of pull on you.
1: It it does unfortunately, even though yeah, as as I said, that's like I don't want I don't want it to control my emotions or my way of life. I want mm. to, It's gonna control my daily living, physical situations here, but I don't want it to. Uh, you know, what was me? I'm not a normal person. You know, without type one diabetes, that can just eat whatever they want, live the lifestyle that they have.
0: Yeah. I've got some restrictions, so be it. Well, and in your family, There's you ways of to having, having, having type one diabetes you know? is normal. So you're you're a part of the family.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, of course, you don't want, you don't want those frustrations and emotions to to get in the way. And and I know that they do. They do for all of us. They do for me sometimes. They do for yeah. You Almost. Know, I, I if someone with diabetes tells me that these emotions, frustrations about their blood sugar and the unpredictability about diabetes doesn't get in the way, I would I would be very suspicious of that of that statement.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm yeah, curious, really Josh, quickly,
1: There was there was a time okay okay really quickly i was going to share based on the emotion thing again um there was a time when i think i was transitioning from simple shots to the insulin pump i had to have a meeting and there was a whole bunch of type 1 diabetics there and you could just tell the room was just depressing you know all the things that are going wrong in their lives and and i hurt for them and stuff like that you know and, and i understand it's a very big issue to to adapt to and to live with uh
0: depending on who the person is but
1: like I said, I, I didn't want that to be me.
0: So yeah, well, and it doesn't sound like it is you, Um, you know, you're you're not you're not letting the entire weight of diabetes get you down. However, you know, these frustrations that you're experiencing, because you know, what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. It certainly has, you know, it impacts your days, Um, maybe not on a maybe not on a big level, but certainly on a day to day basis, you're your interaction with your coworkers and your wife, and just you know, life in general—those days where when you're where you're feeling out of control and you don't know what to do—they um, can be hard. And I want to acknowledge that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want to just ignore it, and saying, "I'm the happiest guy back in the world." All you people should also be happy. No, no, no. There's there's reality to this thing, and, and other people have different challenges when it comes to type one diabetes, and I want to respect that as well.
0: Yeah. So, Josh, I want to ask you with with the unpredictability of your blood sugar, sometimes not not knowing exactly what the outcome of a bolus is going to be, does it ever impact your how, either the foods that you choose, or would you want to be more adventurous in 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 choosing foods, or or do you feel like you're able to eat what you want to eat and not wor- not worrying about that?
1: I'm I'm very much. Um... Uh, aware and interested in learning more about f- how foods, uh, how the foods I eat affect my my blood sugar and my daily life. Um, a couple of years ago, I actually did go completely plant based um, to to get better control of my blood sugars and also lose some weight, just to get to overall better better lifestyle. And it did help quite a bit. And then uh, you know went off the rail a little bit and started eating my old habits again. But then last October I started getting back on top of it and, and eating healthy again. Um, and it's amazing. This, the stuff you eat, um, can have such a great impact on you. Um, I've, I've read, uh, a lot of that mastering diabetes book, mm-hmm. um, you know, different chapters of it explaining all, all the people that what they're eating and all the stuff that they've had. And, uh, I'm pretty impressed with it and a little speechless at times. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, what I'm, what I'm eating right now is, is mostly plant-based with, you know, maybe a little chicken and fish and stuff at times, you know, I stay away from red meat still. It's just not attractive and stuff like that. But, um, like you said, when I incorporated like more of a plant-based style, I was very interested in learning what that stuff could do to my blood sugar. Um, I started having some grains and some, some rice. Um, I tried couscous for the first time, which I had no idea what that stuff was. And, that thing, you know, when you eat it, just watching your blood sugar stay level throughout the day, you know, it's healthy stuff in it. And it's really good to have those things in place of other foods that I normally would have. Yeah. So. Well,
0: and, and I'm so glad that you were able to find something that worked for you. And I think that's, the, that's one of the tricks of mental health with diabetes, which is integrated with diabetes management is you know finding what works for you what works for your lifestyle but also what works what works for your blood sugars and really you know you know leaning into that um whenever possible but also being willing really to be flexible um if if you're going to a birthday party and there happens be birthday cake and you want to have that then by all means do it but just be prepared for the you know what what may happen with your blood sugars afterwards and if you're prepared for that it makes it much easier to handle i think Exactly.
1: Yep. Yep. We've had a couple birthdays recently where, you know, they have cake and I was like, I probably shouldn't have this because it's going to affect me later in the day. unless maybe I'm biking, then I can kind of cut off some of those, those blood sugar spikes, but I'm just sitting around the rest of the day. I don't want to have that 300 spike and just be irrational to my whole family. So I'll, yeah. I'll stay away from it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So as we get into coaching here, I want to, I want to focus on a couple different aspects of, of this challenge, because I think it's a challenge that. I definitely identify with, and I know that many of my listeners do as well. Um, so the first is, I think that sometimes we have an expectation that when, when our basal rates are set, or our, our insulin carb ratios are set, or our correction factor is set, that somehow that number is one, completely accurate, and two, will never change, or at least won't change for a while. And I think that it's important for us to understand that that's actually not completely true. Well, it's a best guess on the, fa- by, on behalf by our doctor or diabetes educator or yourself, if you're making those adjustments yourself, um, that our bodies are changing on a daily basis. And so while the best guess is, is, is a really good thing. Um, sometimes because of a factor you can identify or one that you can identify or maybe one that it, maybe just a, a random day where your body's acting kind of funny, um, uh, your, the bowls that you take for a specific meal um, may not actually work as well as you want it to, and I think that see, I think that seeing diabetes in that context is extremely important. I understand understanding the fact that our, our basal weights change, and actually, the interesting thing is, is when over the past couple of years, when the insulin pump companies have been doing research on the new systems, the Omnipod Five and the Tandem Control IQ, um, we've realized. How much our basal weights actually change throughout the day. If you ever look at, if you're using one of those systems and you look at the the history, you will see that your basal rate is actually changing constantly in, into, mm-hmm. to, to the micro amount. And mm-hmm. that's a good sign that your body is not stable. And that's not a bad thing. That's, that's actually a good thing, but that the, the one year to an hour that you're taking, you know, over the course of most of the day, um, is a best guess, but it's not, it's not, um, Exactly accurate, and we can't be exactly accurate. And so, giving yourself some grace in that, I think, is a really important thing. The same thing with insulin, to carb ratios. You know, again, they're our best guess, and they do a great job most of the time. But recognizing that sometimes there may be a factor that you can either identify, like you know, maybe you're sick or you're stressed, or that you can identify, maybe it's hot outside or cold outside, or Mm -hmm. some other factor which is you know can impact your blood sugar which you haven't thought about, and maybe, it, maybe it's too much to think about right now. Um, and, and allowing that to give yourself some grace to you know, correct that blood sugar without having to worry about it, like having to figure out why. I think so often, especially as an engineer, when something goes awry, and your blood sugar goes high or low, we're so set on figuring out the answer why. Um, and that's natural. Exactly. <laughs> it's completely natural. But I also want to ask you, if it's not a pattern, if those, this, if it's not happening on a regular basis, how helpful is that mental energy spent trying to figure that out? And maybe for you, the answer is it's really helpful. Um, maybe the answer for you is it's not all that helpful. And kind of thinking about that as a way to um, tolerate the fact that diabetes can be unpredictable sometimes, um, I think can be a really helpful, um, a, a really helpful tool for you to be able to use to Allow that flexibility both with your blood sugars, um, of course, knowing they'll come down, as well as with your emotions and that frustration of, you know, what did I do wrong? How what you know, I'm to blame here. So I must have I must have done something wrong. And knowing that, you know, you are not your diabetes. And so being able to separate those two things and separate you from your body and all the the things that may be going on in your body and your environment um can be helpful and kind of get resetting your mindset in that way.
1: Oh, Uh, for sure. Because like, as you said right there, uh, it it might be a random event and also how much energy should I waste on this? I I have a hard time, I guess, giving myself some grace on that because I, I, am trying to be perfect. I'm always striving to be perfect. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a, a weakness I would say at times, uh, because, um, Another quick example is, you know, one day couscous, which is good for me, works. And another day it doesn't. It spikes my blood sugar. Well, what, what went wrong? <laughs> you know, I don't know, but it, I'm trying to figure out the why. And and there is a lot of, I would, I would um, confess, like, as you said, there is a lot of emotion and frustrations and time worried about, but what do I not do next time to make sure I can get one step closer to perfection,
0: you know? Exactly. And I think that uh, on that same note... Managing your expectations, which is really a, a mindset shift. Of uh, okay, when I'm at work and 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 I, and I make a mistake with in my engineering job, that can have some pretty negative consequences. And so I'm going. So making a mistake in this way, which is preventable most of the time, I'm going to assume for you. Um, it's important that I am very detail focused and able to identify the root cause and kind of you know figure that out and then not make the mistake. And I think it's important for you, Josh, to see that you're, the context of being an engineer and the context of, of managing your diabetes are actually very different. In some ways, there's a lots of overlap, but the, at the same time, the the stakes are different, and the expected outcome is different. When, when in engineering, you do X and Y, and you expect Z. In diabetes, you do X, Y, and you expect some range but not an exact outcome, even though that's what we want. And so allowing yourself to be able to see that while the, the context of engineering, the context of managing diabetes, like we would hope it would be the same, but it's not, and coming to terms with that and, and, and being okay with that so that when you're thinking about your expectations, it makes it much easier to, to be comfortable with a variety of outcomes as opposed to only one outcome. When thinking about expanding your diabetes management toolkit, you may not be thinking about insulin there haven't been a lot of new insulins to put in your toolbox. Sure, there are different brands, but nothing really unique when it comes to insulin delivery, except for Afrezza. Afrezza, Insulin Human Inhalation Powder, is unique because it's the only ultra-rapid-acting inhaled insulin available. It's a man-made orally inhaled insulin and is used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes without the need for mealtime insulin injections. Once you inhale Afrezza into your lungs using the inhaler, it will start reducing your blood sugar in about 12 minutes. And it's out of your bloodstream within 1.5 to three hours, depending on the dose. Keep in mind that Afrezza must be used with basal insulin in people who have type one diabetes. To learn more about inhaled insulin, visit www.afreza.com that's a f r e z z a . c o m Afrezza is a rapid-acting inhaled insulin used to control high blood sugar in adults with diabetes mellitus. Afrezza may cause serious side effects, including sudden lung problems, low potassium, and heart failure. Afrezza is not for patients with chronic lung disease such as asthma or COPD. Tell your doctor if you smoke recently stopped smoking, have ever had kidney or liver problems, a history of lung cancer, or if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. Most common side effects are low blood sugar, cough, and sore throat. Severe low blood sugar can be fatal. Do not replace basal insulin with a Afrezza A Frezza is not for use to treat diabetic ketoacidosis. Do not take a Frezza if you are allergic to insulin. Talk to your doctor before changing your Fresa dose. Blood sugar may need to be checked more frequently.
1: That, that's incredible encouragement because you know where I'm at right now and where you're at right now. I, I, I feel in myself at least I'm at a slight disadvantage. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm at I have some restrictions or so or, or some you know other um, things I have to go through to try again live a normal life. You know, so that that's that's exactly true what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I know that we wish that we were in control and that we wish everything would be perfect and in a perfect world that would be, but the world is not perfect and our bodies are not perfect and because there are lots of variables that are going on. Again, some that we can see and some that we can't see and trying to figure them all out is overwhelming and it would take up a lot of time and a lot of energy that I'm sure that you would rather be spending with your wife and with your, at your work and with your dog and other things that you're doing, uh, you know that you probably find much more enjoyable than trying to pinpoint exactly why your blood sugar went a certain way at a certain time. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I I love telling, I'm gonna tell you a story that I'm sure that other people have heard who've listened to the podcast for a while, but I, I think it's a good one. You know, many years ago, I went to see my endocrinologist. This is before the days of CGMs. And I'll be honest, I didn't do a very good job at keeping track of my blood sugars. And so I would sit in the parking lot before my doctor's appointment and I would take out a piece of paper and I would draw a chart on it. And, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then you know, before before breakfast, after breakfast, before lunch, and I would just, I would basically create a chart for my blood sugars. And then I would make up the numbers, completely make them up. You know, I would have, most of them were in range. Some of them were high, some of them were low. And I remember one time I did this, I I was so proud of it. I take it into my doctor hand to her and she looks at it. And and, and by the way, somehow magically the numbers on the chart match the average of my A1C. So they they were not, you know, off the wall numbers, but she looked at this chart that I had completely made up. And she's like, what happened here last Tuesday? Because my (laughs) blood sugar was quote unquote high after lunch. And I had to make up a story I was like, well, I think I must have had a hamburger and some French fries and the fat was breaking down too slowly. And and whatever I said, what I should have said, looking back on it was I have diabetes and diabetes is the definition of diabetes is high blood sugar. And so the, the answer to the reason why my blood sugar was high is nothing more than I have diabetes. So certainly if I forgot to take insulin for my lunch, then that's a good explanation. But for the, what we're talking about here is not any kind of ignore, ignoring managing diabetes or making mistakes. It's just, it's managing diabetes and then having a high blood sugar, which is a completely normal part of the process. Of course, we don't have, we don't want to have high blood sugars over, t- over a long period of time. Um, we want to be able to manage them and, and have them in a range as much as possible. But th- those intermittent spikes, first of all, there's no research to show that there's any danger there. And Second of all, we want to normalize that that's part of the process of living with diabetes. And if we can understand that and really internalize that, um, and and then work to correct those highs when they do happen, I think it gives us a lot more flexibility in our lives and changes our mindset to a place where we are not always the mercy of our blood sugars, but we're able to actually move forward in our lives with more freedom and more relief than um, I think that we ever thought possible.
1: You know... Yeah, that's great and very encouraging. And uh, um, again, I'm beating myself up on this, but uh, the past 24 hours, I, I was 100 percent in the range, and I was very Amazing. excited about that. Um, and then I uh, I had a low blood sugar at 2 p.m. and now I'm 98. And guess what? I'm beating myself up about that. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Darn it! I would have loved to just have that in my mindset." I had two full days of 48 hours of 100 percent in the range. I'm I'm living very I'm going to make up the word healthily, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm living perfect range. I'm, I'm eating right. My blood sugar's good. I'm living a quote unquote, again, normal life. Yeah. Uh, but to your point right there, I'm not having much grace to know that, you know, oh, well, this was right after I, I uh, rode my bike. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I definitely kicked in um, to gear and, and burned off some calories and carbs I had, you know, so it's just a natural thing to Feel low after some exercise at times and that's just something i have to accept i fixed it my blood sugar is great it's 147 now so but i need to have that grace to accept that that is totally okay to go from 68 and my my the normal range i'm supposed to be in is 71 i I should not be beating myself up on that
0: (laughs) yeah so josh i'm gonna leave you with one uh one thought are you a baseball fan oh i'm
1: not i apologize Okay. I'd rather play the sport than watch it, unless it's uh Super Bowl. No you
0: know, worries then I'm with family to eat the food. <laughs> no worries. Well, I, I'm a huge baseball fan, and you know the the best hitters in baseball, the absolute best hitters are batting in the high three hundreds. And what that means is, you know they for every time that they're at the plate, they are gonna get a hit thirty five percent of the time. That also means that they're going to be going back to the bench. 65% of the time that they're up up to bat. And so and that's that is the top of their game. And now I know baseball and diabetes are not the best um the, the best comparison, but if we think about baseball players and the, the, the people at top the game are, are batting 350, um, beating ourselves up over having two percent or even thirty percent um time out of range in a week um doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially since we know that If you're, if you're at 70% time in range, you're doing, you're doing phenomenally well with your diabetes management. So again, it's a, it's a constant way of pivoting the way that we're thinking about diabetes and thinking about the expectations that we have for ourselves around your diabetes management. Well, so, awesome.
1: Well, thank you very much. I, John, so, <laughs> Josh, I, I really appreciate you taking that.
0: time today. I, I hope this conversation was helpful for you in one, no, knowing, you know, what's happening in your body a little bit more and being, giving yourself some grace there, but also pivoting your mindset to find, to see that perfection is not an expectation and the diabetes is not engineering and that it's, it's it, sometimes it's more art than science. Um, definitely there's science involved but there's definitely art and creativity involved in managing diabetes and you know, embracing that is gonna do nothing but help you.
1: Yes, thank you very much. I, I, I plan to get myself and work on giving myself more grace in this period, knowing that I am indeed okay.
0: At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life for type 1 diabetes today to reduce your stress and reduce the emotional burden of type 1 diabetes. And today, your plan of action is take out a piece of paper and write these words down. It's okay if my blood sugars aren't perfect all the time. Again, it's okay if my blood sugars aren't perfect all the time. Put this note somewhere where you'll see it every single day and remind yourself that with type 1 diabetes, perfection is not the goal. Consistency is the goal. And even if your blood sugars aren't perfect, it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you could have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.